You are listening to the Freedom Fellowship audio podcast from Freedom Fellowship Church in Tontytown, Arkansas. Our mission is to love God, love others, and serve both. And now let's listen in to this week's sermon. So what we're going to do this morning, you're going to be in Luke 10. That's where we're going to be. Uh, you'll have information on the version app. If you happen to have it and you want to go uh, electronic, you're welcome to do that. We're going to talk about a... Uh, uh, the parable of the Good Samaritan today. It's what we're going to find in Luke 10. You'll find it on down in that chapter. The uh, uh, what I want to do is, in order to set the scene, uh, we've got a just a about a 30 second video that I'd like for you to watch here that helps us understand the setting of this particular circumstance. You guys ready to roll it back here? Let's see what you got. So this is a, about a 20-mile road uh, that goes from Jericho to Jerusalem. Now, you can imagine, essentially, this is, a, is and was the footpath that they, that they went. This road, uh, and, and let me tell you what Martin Luther King said. This, he actually said this the day before his assassination. He had been there recently. He said, in the time of Jesus... The road from Jerusalem to Jericho was notorious for its danger and its difficulty, and it was known as the way of blood or the bloody way because of the blood which was often shed there by robbers. He said, I remember when Mrs. King and I were first in Jerusalem, we rented a car and we drove from Jerusalem down to Jericho, and as soon as we got there on the road, I said to my wife, well, I can see why Jesus used this as a setting for that parable. It's a winding, meandering road. It's really conducive to ambushing. You start out in Jerusalem, which is about 1,200 feet above sea level, and you end up in Jericho, which is 2,200 feet below sea level. So along with all the other terrain, you had the hilly up and down and all the things that happened as they moved. But he said, Dr. King said, it was a dangerous road. So you ready? We're in 10, verse 25. Now it's going to talk in this first sentence, it's going to talk about an expert. Your version actually might say lawyer. So there were, a, there were a set of people that were educated in the law, the law of Moses, and they were also educated in the ways and the teaching processes of the rabbi. So this is a guy who, who, who when he approached things, he approached it much like a lawyer or attorney. You heard Nate even mention that a minute ago about a guy that asked a lot of questions. So this is the person that we're talking about as we kind of move into this setting. And this is what it says. It says, on one occasion, an expert or lawyer in the law, in the law stood up to test Jesus. Teacher, he said, what must I do to inherit eternal life? And understand, too, the Jews of that time, you know, Jesus is running around. I mean, they, they, they know he's there. They're following him. They're, they got people. And they're watching what's going on. And, they, and they're hearing this guy keep talking about the kingdom of heaven, the kingdom of heaven. And, you know, if you're a Jew, the way you're going to see this next life is you're going to keep the laws of Moses and all the oral laws, the many, many hundreds that were written by man later on. That's how you do it. So when, when Jesus is talking about this situation, about inheriting eternal life, 
I mean, you know, their antennas went up. So Jesus replied to him, he said, after he asked him, he said, well, how do I, how do we, how do I inherit this eternal life that you're talking about? So he said this, he said, Jesus says, well, what's written in the law? What's written in the law? How do you read it? Well, the guy, you have to understand now that this was an excellent technique. This technique was one where what he was doing is he was asking the guy the question, partly because Jesus would understand where he was coming from, but also it would flesh out information that was going to be necessary. Now, just a little sidebar, if you're a parent, learn the art of questioning, okay? Karen was a good questioner, is a good questioner. Raising our kids, she was a good questioner. I was a good teller, okay? The teller part didn't work as good as the questioning part. So it's a great thing as a parent to, to understand because what happens just like a situation, you start to draw out what are the issues and what did you really think about that? So Jesus has done that for him. So here's what the lawyer says. Now understand, he's an expert in the law. He's an expert in the ways of the rabbis. And he answered, he says this. He said, love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul, and with all your strength, and with all your mind, and love your neighbor as yourself. Now, he wasn't writing poetry. What he was doing is he, was, he had gone in, because if you remember these guys that we're talking about that, that were these experts, if you take the five first books of the Old Testament, they, they were experts in those. Well, Leviticus is where that came from. So what he was really doing, he said, well, Jesus, you're asking me a question, so let me tell you what the, as we call the Old Testament, says about it. So the expert who is highly trained on that, what, he, what he's doing is he's coming back, but what Jesus was doing was Jesus was establishing a baseline. He asked him a question, and Jesus is establishing a baseline about the question about the neighbor. So... Just thinking about the baseline for truth, what's the baseline for truth? It's God's word, right? That's the baseline for truth. As it is for us, because it's a, it's appropriate thing for Jesus to ask a question, it's an appropriate way for us, of course, to live our life. So Jesus answered him, he said, well, you've answered correctly. He said, do this and you will live. If you do a little word study of live, you could also say you will love, Okay. Do this and you will live. Do this and you will love. So he tells him, yes, you answered correctly. He replied, do this and you will love. But see, the expert lawyer, he wanted to justify himself. So he asked Jesus, well, he said, I get that. He said, but here's my question. He said, who is your neighbor? Who is your neighbor? You know, that's what's in Leviticus, but who is your neighbor? And he's thinking, well, you know, I know how I was brought up, and I know what my biases are, and I know what I believe the Old Testament or, you know, those books have told me. But who is your neighbor? And Jesus replied in verse 30, and he said, well, he said there was a man going down from Jerusalem to Jericho. Now he's going to draw him into the story, right? And now you've seen the picture of what was there. And, and so... Anybody that knew that country, they formed this mental picture of what that place was going to look like. He said this man was going down from Jerusalem to Jericho. 
So as we, as we move down, he says, when he was attacked by robbers, they stripped him of his clothes, they beat him, and they went away, leaving him half dead. And then he said, a priest happened to be going down the road, and when he saw the man, he passed by on the other side. See, I have these, I don't know if y'all do, but I kind of get these images. So, you know, you have the priest, and I can kind of, you know, it's like a narrow road. It's not like it's, you know, uh, I-40. It's a narrow road. I can just see him kind of going by, ooh, that's kind of messy. I think I'm going to slide on around this thing. And then he goes on and he said, he passed by on the other side. So too a Levite. And a Levite, just so you understand, a Levite was part of the tribe of Levi, which is where the priests came from. But a Levite was kind of the logistics kind of person in that group. What they did is they helped move the tabernacle, set things up, prepare things for sacrifice. But, you know, they had to know all the same kinds of stuff in order to be a Levite. So he said, okay, so now we have this Levite. And then when he came to the place and he saw him, he passed by on the other side. Again, the same thing. Making a choice, he's going to go off and leave him there. But a Samaritan, just think about, so Jesus now has said, so we had a priest go by, and he elected to just go on by and ignore him. Had Levite. You know, and he's talking to this guy who's an expert. He's, he's, a, he's a guy just like you, right? Got these two guys just like you, and they, they pass him by. So then he starts to mention a Samaritan. Well, think about who a Samaritan was. A Samaritan, when you're looking through the eyes of that expert, a Samaritan would see that person as unclean. I mean, they would walk around Samaria to keep from going through the land that those people occupied. They under, he understood that that person, that the expert, would see him as, as that Samaritan's being unworthy. He'd see him in my, maybe my vernacular as a lowlife. And, you know, as one of those people that really, frankly, well, you know, they're less, they're less than me. That was the attitude they had. They're less than me. But now, see, Jesus has brought the Samaritan into the story, and he said, and as he traveled, he came where the man was, so now he's run on to this guy. And when he saw him, he took pity on him. He went to him and he bandaged his wounds. He poured oil and wine on him. And understand that the purpose of doing that was they didn't have the antiseptics. So in essence, he was treating his wounds. That was, that was the antiseptics and things that he was putting on his open wounds to treat the man. Then he put the man on his own donkey brought him to an inn, and he took care of him. The next day, he took two denarii, which was equal to about two days' pay. He took two denarii, and he gave them to the innkeeper. And he told the innkeeper, he said, look after him, and when I return, I will reimburse you for any extra expenses that you may have. So then Jesus asked the question after he tells the story. He said, so which of these three, the priest, the Levite, or the Samaritan, which of these three men, in fact, was the neighbor to the man? Which of these was a neighbor to the man who fell into the hands of the robbers? Well, the expert in the law replied in verse 37, he said, well, it was the one that had mercy on him. And if you think about that, really, even the expert knew 
the right answer. Even with his biases, and we know he had biases, I mean, the, the nature of what they were taught and what they believed, he had biases. But even he knew the right thing. Some years ago, I was working for a guy, and I went into his office, and I told him, I said, so I got this really complex thing. I said, if I do this, it can blow up, and if I do this, it can blow up. Not two good choices, right? So I, 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 I kind of knew what I wanted to do, but, I did, you know, sometimes you just need to talk about things, don't you? Kind of work through them. So I said, so I'm just curious in this scenario, and I painted it for him. I said, what would you think is the right, you know, what is the right thing here? And he said, well, he said, you just said it. He said, just do the right thing. Just do the right thing. And I thought, how many times in my life, even though I was taught that as a kid, but I heard him really articulate that, saying, just do the right thing. Well, the expert in the law, the one he says, have mercy on him. So that really was the right thing. So Jesus told him this. He said, go and do likewise. He told him, he said, go and imitate that behavior that you just heard me discuss. Go and do that. And see, as Christians, what are we supposed to do? We're supposed to imitate the behavior of Christ, right? That's what we're supposed to be. That's how we're supposed to act out our life. I wonder what some of the thoughts were that went through the minds of the priest and the Levite in this story. Well, you know, one of the things that I thought about is, well, we're really not close to anything. I mean, this is 20 miles, and maybe there was an inn on the way, but it was rugged, tough territory. You know, we're really not close to anything. And, you know, if we stop and get in, involved in this, what's going to happen? It's going to create inconvenience. It's going to inconvenience me to help him. You know, because what we'll have to do is we'll have to drag him, we'll have to carry him, we'll have to build a litter, a stretcher, something, some way, because the guy, well, he was in bad shape. So it might, in fact, inconvenience me if I help him. Maybe they said, you know, he's just really not one of us. He doesn't look to me. His skin color is different than mine. Whatever the circumstances were, but they knew that, oh, maybe he's not one of us. And, you know, really, if we think about it, going down, right, you know, there'll be somebody coming along in a minute, and they'll be much more qualified than me. I mean, they've probably had the EMT training or something, and they'll be, I mean, they'll do a great job of tending to this person. There'll be somebody qualified, more qualified than me, that'll come along. Or perhaps the Levite and the priest, maybe they thought about the fact that this injured man, he wouldn't be, no, okay, this gets on my toes, so I don't know if it'll get on your toes. But this injured man, you know, frankly, he wouldn't be in this situation if he had made better choices. He wouldn't be in this situation if he had made better choices. And I wonder sometimes how many of us, you know, I have, I've kind of thought, well, they made their bed, let them lay in it. All the things we, and, you know, the, and then I kind of try to stop myself part of the time. And I say, well, you know, really, they didn't ask for a lot of what happened. They didn't ask for a lot of their circumstances. You know, their, their, their world has been skewed because of these other forces. 
But maybe that's what they would have said is, well, you know, if that Samaritan made better choices, he wouldn't be laying here. He shouldn't have been on this road anyway. Should have brought 15 guys with him for safety. Or maybe this stuff as a Levite and as a priest, you know, really, the stuff I have going on is frankly important. I got, I got all this important stuff that I'm responsible for and all these people that I'm responsible for. And so I can't really spend a lot of extra time here because I got to go do that important stuff. You know, he could rationalize it and say, well, I just have better ways that I need to spend my time. But see, those ideas take us back to verse 36 that's in your text today. And it says in 36, it says, which of these three do you think was a neighbor to the man who fell on the hands of the robbers? The expert in the law replied, the one who had mercy on him. And Jesus told him, go and do likewise. You know, when you go through this, it's a great check in my mind. It's a great check on your compassion meter, okay? If you've got a compassion meter, you've got the arm that swings, it's a great check on your compassion meter. Because here's, here's a couple of things that I picked up through this, and that's the fact that the reality of helping somebody will almost always be an inconvenience to us. Just how it works. I got a call the other evening and the guy's in a bad spot and I just got home from work and I'm tired and got my shoes off and going to rest. But you know, that was going to be inconvenient to me. I'm not going to tell you if I did anything because that would sound bad. But the reality is that we are, but, but we do see when, when we have these things happen, oftentimes it, it inconveniences my schedule. It's going to require part of my time. And I'm tired. I've got a lot going on. I, I've got this full-time job, or i got child care. I've been watching the kids all day. But oftentimes, it does look like inconvenience to help somebody. And sometimes we do catch ourselves saying, well, you know, there's probably somebody a lot more qualified than me. A lot of people do that. I, yeah, I don't fault people for it, but I have a lot of people that will bring somebody to the quote-unquote preacher and say, would you tell them about Jesus? I'm thinking, why don't you tell them about Jesus? Because the reality is it's our heart, it's the spirit that speaks, right? And so in that situation, though, sometimes we do think, and there are times, I'm not saying there's not, but there are times when we're looking for the way out that we say, well, there'll be somebody more qualified that'll help them than me. I'm sure they'll come along. Or how many times do we catch ourselves, like I kind of confessed to a minute ago, that we said, well, if they just made better choices in life, they wouldn't be in this fix. Let them live with it, you know. Let them crash and burn. And again, I, there's not a lot of absolutes. There's times, unfortunately, that you have to let people find bottom. That's just how it works. But that can't be the logical reason for us is to say, well, if they'd just be made better choices, they wouldn't be in this fix. It's easy to make the case that the things we're doing are important. You know, I, I have these other obligations. I had a friend told me one time that uh, he that he knew a guy, and they lived out in rural Arkansas. And this uh, couple of people came walking up to the door, and they said, "Do you have some gas?" He said, "We've run out of we've run out of gas. My family and I are down the road. We've run out of gas." And the guy said, "Well, I'd love to help you, but I'm on my way to teach Sunday school, so I don't have the time." So sometimes we can, in fact 
think about the things that we're doing and they're more important than the helping hand and doing things. Now, as I looked at this, and we're going to finish up chapter 10, there's just four more verses. But as I looked at it, I thought, you know, these verses seem to be kind of unrelated. All of a sudden we start, you know, we're talking about the Good Samaritan. Now we're going to talk about Mary and Martha. And, you know, and I'm kind of going, but then as I read it, I thought, oh, this fits. This fits. Listen to what it says in verse 38. As Jesus and his disciples were on the way, he came to a village where a woman named Martha opened her home to him. She had a sister called Mary who sat at the Lord's feet listening to what he had to say. But Martha was distracted by all the preparations that had to be made. She came to him and asked, Lord, don't you care that my sister has left me to do all the stinking work? Does that not bother you? Tell her to help me. Any Marthas in here? I bet we have a few that they're worried that somebody's going to come to their house and maybe not everything's going to be in the right place or got to spend my time getting that stuff done. And then Jesus says, Martha, Martha, he said, the Lord answered, you're worried and upset about many things, but few things are needed. Or indeed, he said, there's actually only one. Mary has chosen what is better. That's a key word or key phrase. Mary has chosen what is better and it will not be taken away from her. So here's her takeaway, okay, as I wrap this up. Here's her takeaway for today. Mary had chosen what was better. When we're faced with decisions, and like I say, we're going back and we're bringing in the teaching that has to do with the Good Samaritan. When we're faced with decisions to help others, when we're faced with decisions that have something to do with compassion or understanding, or perhaps it's a decision about loving our neighbors, and frankly, some neighbors are pretty hard to love. But remember, it didn't say love the ones that are lovable. It says just love our neighbor. And sometimes we're faced with, am I left with time to spend with Jesus? But see, the question then becomes to choose what is better. And that's what Jesus was telling Martha. To choose what is better. So then the real question is, is so what is better? What is the better? Choose what is better. Well, the way of Jesus is the better. That's the way. The way of Jesus is the better. See, like the traveler, Satan has wounded and injured us, okay? Some of you have stories about those wounds and those injuries, but, but like, like that traveler, Satan had wounded us, but like the Samaritan, Jesus has rescued us. So you just think about the man who stopped, the Samaritan who gave relief and rescued the wounded man, Jesus has done that same thing as it played out in that parable. So I would ask you that question, and that's the fact that the way of Jesus is the better. You have to decide, is that where you're at? Are you in a position that you can feel like that you love your neighbor or a lot of our life isn't filled with all the reasons I coulda, woulda, shoulda, but I didn't? 
because believe me, there's a lot of hurt out there. And, and the idea of, of really of compassion and helping is just about compassion and helping. And maybe we get to tell a story about Jesus on the way to that helping heart that's there. Our praise team's going to come now, and we're going to close this up. You have uh, elders on the corners over here, and, and uh, if you have some business to do, if there's something you need prayed about, or you have something that's on your mind, something maybe you need to release, maybe you've got circumstances like this, and you're going, well, hey, Tom, I'd love to love my neighbor. But you don't know my neighbor. Well, your neighbor may not be your neighbor. It can be a, a relative. It can be a friend. It can be a past friend. It can be whatever. There's a lot of ways that, this, that these neighbors can be a part of our life. But I ask you that question is uh, the way of Jesus. It's the better. Choose that route. Thank you so much for listening to the Freedom Fellowship audio podcast. We are located at 990 West Henry de Tonti Boulevard in Tontytown, Arkansas. You can check us out on the web at freedomfellowship.com or you can find us on social media by searching Freedom Fellowship NWA. We hope you have a great week and that you live out the mission of the church, which is to love God, love others, and serve both.